Hey everybody, I am Dr. Alyssa and welcome back to the Trimester Bubble. I'm a chiropractor and dynamic body balancing facilitator here at Body and Balance Chiropractic. We support mamas, mamas-to-be, and babies by helping them live their best lives. Here on the podcast, we bring you educational content for your pregnancy journey, coming from both us and also our guest specialists. Whether you're thinking about starting a family, you're already pregnant, or maybe you already have some kiddos at home, each episode is here to help educate you and lift you up. We know that this can be a confusing and lonely time, and all of us here at the Trimester Bubble really want to support you on this journey that is mamahood and raising littles. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Margot Gasta. Dr. Margot is a functional medicine dietitian and a certified classical homeopath. She's been practicing for 34 years and works with gastrointestinal issues, chronic pelvic pain, autoimmune disease, chronic fatigue, ADHD, anxiety, and depression. She has co-authored and published 11 articles, also um, co-authored a chapter in a functional nutrition textbook, and has taught in a master's degree program at Saybrook University. So we are excited to have her today, and let's get chatting with Dr. Margot. Hi, everybody. Dr. Alyssa here. And today on the Trimester Bubble, we are very excited to have Dr. Margot Gasto with us. So welcome, Dr. Margot. Thank you. Nice to be here. We are talking about all things preconception and postpartum nutrition. But first, we want to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into the work you do, what that looks like, and kind of your journey to where you are today. Sure. Um, I'm a doctorate level integrative and functional medicine dietitian, and I'm also a certified classical homeopath. And I started down this route about 34 years ago as mainly being interested in being a sports nutritionist or a sports dietitian. And I worked with the army. I worked with the VA. And then somewhere along the line, I got hit with a bunch of health problems that I needed to figure out. And the only way to do that was through some additional education and training. So what sort of fell into my lap was clinical nutrition, which was a term being used at the time before functional nutrition or functional medicine came about. So I got involved in that training and just continued on that path and continued with homeopathy and learned how to get myself better. And then I started working solely in integrative functional nutrition in the year 2000. And that's where I've stuck ever since. So um, what I work with are gastrointestinal problems. I work with autoimmune disease, chronic pelvic pain, uh, depression, anxiety, ADHD. And I get a lot of women that show up that have had children and all of a sudden they find themselves in a situation where their health is declining. And so they're seeking some help. And so that's why I was thinking possibly preconception nutrition is a good topic to talk about preventing this before you get pregnant and then find yourself in um, a worse situation after delivery. Yeah, absolutely. I know Dr. Catherine and I see a lot of that in our practice mm -hmm. where it's, um, and I'm sure you see it in all avenues. It's, they come into the chiropractic office because of the physical pains, mm -hmm. but we also see the fatigue 
the overwhelm, the exhaustion, and um, always keeping eyes open for those emotional changes postpartum of how do we support that? And I agree, getting to fix the problem before the problem becomes a problem is always yeah a good way to go. Um, do you mind just talking a little bit about, so you work a lot with a diet dietitian, um, through the functional medicine routes, what does it look like, uh, when you work with your clients? Well, typically I start with a free discovery call to find out what's going on and making sure that we're a good match. And then I give them some lengthy questionnaires to fill out with a big symptom checklist because people oftentimes will forget some of the symptoms that they have that might tie into it. I look at any lab work that they've had done in the past couple of years. And then from there, you know, when, when we're looking at lab work through a functional nutrition lens, we're looking for optimal health. So we're using a narrower reference range rather than the wider reference ranges that are used for physicians to diagnose a disease. So we're trying to put together patterns that we see like, hey, I might see low normal calcium, a low ferritin, low normal protein, but all these things are falling into the realm of normal. If a, if a physician is looking at it, to me, it's pointing out a pattern of some malabsorption and some things that could be going on that are leading to why they're not feeling well. So then we'll run some other integrative tests. I may also ask their doctor if they will run some additional conventional tests so we can get a bigger picture of what's going on. And then we outline a program over several months that goes in different phases of trying to heal and get them back to a maintenance plan. And we tweak it as we go along. You know, some of their symptoms might get better, but some are remaining. So then we might do some further investigation or change the program a little bit until we can get them feeling much better to where they feel almost back to the normal self, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that you take a more of a deeper dive into um, their labs because I've heard from so many patients say like, oh, my primary care provider said my labs were normal and then they just leave it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's great to hear that you order some more tests and look for um, the real cause of what's going on. Yeah. And that's definitely what happened to me and my training as a dietitian alone wasn't adequate to address that. And when I went on with further training, I could see, I could look back at my old lab work and be like, wow, that would have jumped out to me now at this point mm -hmm. with additional training. If only I had had myself 34 years ago, you know, to look at some of that, that would have been helpful, but, but now we can be a benefit to, to people these days. So. Yep, absolutely. So let's dive into the good stuff and talk about, you know, what is preconception nutrition and how, you know, at what point of like, all right, we're thinking about trying for a family. At what mm -hmm. point does the nutrition piece have to come before the, the trying piece? Well, this is actually something that's not talked about a lot and could probably use more research, but definitely several months prior, I think it's best to be thinking about it six months to a year prior, but in the literature, they'll say at least three months prior, start taking better care of yourself, eat a healthier diet and so on. Um, one of the things that doesn't get talked about is about 
of non-pregnant women worldwide have anemia. And anemia pre-pregnancy and in the first trimester can really result in preterm delivery and low body weight. But the other effect is, or low birth weight, not low body weight, but the other effect is the quality of life on women and executive function suffers, their mental health suffers, their fatigue, they're trying to work, they're trying to take care of kids and just how much of an issue that is. So when they come in and work with someone and do a nutritional workup ahead of time, we can assess and see where they're at with their iron. And one thing that doesn't get tested very often is ferritin. And I feel like it's now being talked about how important it is to look at ferritin instead of just relying on hemoglobin and hematocrit. And ferritin is your iron storage. And sometimes low iron levels will show up in ferritin before they show up in hemoglobin and hematocrit. But we can also look at their folate, their B6 status, we can look at their diet and assess for choline and zinc and some of these other really important nutrients and get that on board and help them to become as optimally nourished before they get pregnant. And also um, being at a healthy weight that they need to determine with their doctor what is a healthy weight for them. Because on either end of the spectrum, you can run into problems with um, the offspring having health problems later in life and adulthood. So we're trying to set the optimal health of the mother and the fetus. So then that offspring will grow up to be a healthy adult and have fewer health problems. That makes sense. Now you yeah. just gave a list of different types of tests and vitamins. Can you kind of go through and like, why is proper ferritin important before you're pregnant? Why are the B vitamins, folate, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And so we're looking at with B vitamins and folate, we're also looking at the neurological um, system and preventing things such as spina bifida and birth defects. And with iron, think of optimal oxygenation of all of your tissues and optimal growth of that really important. Um, with protein, you're having to make all these new cells. You want enough protein for that. And with calcium, and we're looking at the baby skeleton, where is that calcium going to come from if the mom is not getting it through the diet? It's going to be coming from the mother's skeleton. So we're really trying to optimize all of that is important. And also when we're looking at just toxins in general and heavy metals and things that we're exposed to all the time, low levels, it's really important to have adequate mineral status, especially iron. When we're looking at being able to, on a daily basis, get rid of those and not suffer the effects of some of that, that we might come into contact with. So there's a whole lot of reasons for optimizing these nutrients. And choline is one that's also being looked at neurodevelopmentally and with um, mm -hmm. cognition of the offspring, getting enough choline in the diet with the mom and how important that is for the offspring. So yeah, we can do that all. We can sit down and look at that diet. They can make a plan now. Like if they're not in a healthy eating regime and let's say um, the mom and her partner are doing a lot of fast food takeout eating at restaurants, not cooking or relying on frozen foods. It's a, not a very nutrient dense diet and they're getting a lot of inflammatory fats and they're missing out on key nutrients with that. So if we can sit down now and help them to devise an organized system where it doesn't take a lot of work and where they've got it down pat and how they're going to pre-cook and batch cook and freeze foods, we can get that in system, you know, get that system going before they become pregnant. Yeah. Which I am sure anyone who's ever been pregnant, works with pregnancy, sees it. Um, that's not something you want to be trying to figure out how to manage in your first trimester. 
Right, right. You've got enough going on. You're feeling tired enough. You might be very nauseous and sick and you want a system in place ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Have you found um, kind of with the general population, just eating a balanced diet is enough to get those key nutrients? Or um, do you find like a lot of that has to be supplemented? Well, when they have done research on mothers who are getting a multivitamin plus folate plus iron, the outcome with the fetal health was much better. So if you're talking about preconception nutrition, I would recommend, you know, talking to your doctor, of course, you know, everything should be done on an individual basis and getting recommendations for the ideal supplementation. Um, but there's a lot of nutrients that we are still discovering that we haven't even found yet that are in food and they're not available in a supplement. So it's really important to get started on a whole foods, unprocessed diet and learn easy techniques for preparing these foods. So you can get them in your diet easily. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so we have the looking at the labs ahead of time so we can start to make changes with diet and a little bit of supplementation based off of your individual needs. What other things do you look at from a preconception nutrition place? Well, I look at, let's say they've got a situation like IBS mm-hmm. or constipation or reflux, and it hasn't been addressed yet. There's probably something going on that they want to address ahead of time because things like constipation are going to get a lot worse during pregnancy. And IBS can get a lot worse in general. So I think, you know, I want to know what are all the symptoms that they're having now through that checklist? Are they feeling achy and having chronic fatigue now? Are they having a lot of gastrointestinal symptoms now? Are they having insomnia now? Are they really stressed and they're using substances like coming home and drinking alcohol at night to unwind? And can we do anything about that now? while they're thinking about getting pregnant to optimize their health and getting just some good coping skills in place and good habits in place. And I work a lot with people on optimizing their schedule too. Like I walk them through from when they go to bed at night to when they wake up, when they first eat, when they feel best preparing food, how are they going to get exercise in? So we're looking at a big holistic view of everything in their day. And that's how we work with them on behavior change to, to try to optimize that and see what they can do now and And it's helpful for them to also keep track of their own schedule and see what's going on and what they might want to change prior to trying to get pregnant. Yeah. I love all those pieces. And I love that you brought up digestion because I think one of the Mm -hmm. things we always forget is it's like, all right, I'm thinking about getting pregnant. I'm going to start taking a prenatal. And there's no conversation about whether or not that prenatal is being absorbed. And the other part (laughs) that you brought up, thank you for this, is there's so many different types of iron available. Mm -hmm. And some of those types of iron can really make people feel terrible. They can get, you know, sharp pains in their stomach. They can feel nauseous from it. So finding a type of iron that's easy to digest and works with their system and doesn't cause terrible constipation for them is really helpful as well. But you're right, making sure you're actually digesting well so you can digest and break down that multivitamin. Yeah, and all of the other food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely, the things that aren't in the supplement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So looking 
postpartum? Are there any big actions and players um, that women should look to implement postpartum with their diet um, and just how they're treating their body? Yes. And, you know, the fatigue that comes with that, getting enough calories for breastfeeding is really important. I think the other thing that maybe isn't talked about enough, and you'll hear different, you know, when people are working with different populations, what they find, but there's a lot of pressure on women to get down to their baseline weight before they were pregnant. And I think that can really be a mistake and it can interfere with how they nourish themselves to get enough calories for breastfeeding. So I think really taking a step back on that um, and just taking care of yourself, getting enough rest, making sure you have help coming in um, and being astute about postpartum depression, I think is really important that you brought up earlier. And I think the partners can also suffer from it too. And I haven't actually looked at research. I've heard inklings about that too, that the husband can also get depression. Um, and I think sometimes this might be more common after a difficult birth. But I also think that if you've had a difficult birth, it doesn't get talked about enough and how that affects the mom afterwards for months or years afterwards. And I think it just needs to be put out there and recognized that to get help if you had a hard birth. Um, the other thing that I think can really sideline women is having chronic pelvic pain and not having that adequately taken care of. You know, they might go back to their doctor and they're like, I don't know why you're having this, but, you know, realize that there's pelvic floor physical therapists, that there might be something that we need to test in their gut that's going on. Um, the possibility of endometriosis that's flaring up after pregnancy that they never knew they had. So there's a whole bunch of things where women can be gaslit and blown off and not listened to. So I guess the important thing is advocate for yourself and see people such as yourselves, because you guys are all very aware of that. See a pelvic floor PT, see a functional medicine nutritionist or doctor, and do some more investigation into that instead of just suffering with that because you can suffer for years afterwards. Yeah, I know we we have seen it where yeah. it's how do we find this team so you can feel better faster. And it mm -hmm. is very much so a team approach. And aren't you glad that you're there for those people? That's, right? Like I yep. you know, like <laughs> I feel good about sending people to you guys and have you beware of things and and be on top of it and help and able to help them out. Yeah, that's one of the great things um, when Dr. Catherine and I talked about bringing the podcast back because there was a mm -hmm. version of it before and updating it. It was a, we live in an area where we have all of these resources and mm -hmm. how do we share these resources beyond our city limits to go open up more thought processes of how do we support this time from preconception all the way through postpartum. And mm -hmm. we always tell our patients postpartum is not six weeks. <laughs> postpartum is a lot longer than six weeks and rebuilding the mental health, the physical health, the emotional health is, is a, a little bit of an adventure. It is. And I think it's really hard for people without family around to help mm -hmm. other family members. And I think, you know, a hundred years ago or so you had more of a village and you had extended family to help take care of you and take care of that baby. And I think we really have to seek it out. People need to have a plan in place for what they're going to do. And 
how are moms going to get support? Are there groups that they can join to get support, you know, afterwards if they're struggling yeah. and, um, and for the next couple of years, I think it's really important. Yeah. Finding the so, tribe. Yeah. And I think the other thing to be aware of with uh, preconception nutrition, and I don't want to freak people out, <laughs> but and make them too nervous, but looking at your chemicals, hmm. you know, your cleaning chemicals, your lawn chemicals, your body care chemicals. And we don't have a lot of information about what's happening, but looking on environmental working group website and reading about safer products, I think is really important because we know lotions and things can absorb right through our skin. We don't know what that's doing to the fetus. So I think trying to choose as healthy as possible products and none of us can live in a bubble, but I think that's an important thing to bring up. If you are able to access that information. If you are able to get organic food, which is not accessible to everyone, and it's more important to even eat a healthy diet than that. But if, if that's a possibility for you and accessible to, to think about that and do some research into that as well. Do you have any, um, any thoughts or little quick tips that if you can't get organic food, do you have a favorite natural wash to kind of clean your vegetables? any way to try to help get some of those chemical sprays? Um, you know, they do make sprays. I would actually have to look that up and see what, what is currently recommended. Cause there's a lot of things like baking soda, vinegar, yep. things like that. It's like, is it actually researched? You know, we need <laughs> was, to look uh, it up and see. Also asking from a personal perspective, cause I have not come across what that is. So I was just checking right. to see if maybe you had. <laughs> right. But still, you know, still eating those fruits and vegetables is so much better than not eating them. Yeah whether or not it's organic is so important to get those nutrients in our diet. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to body care products, I really encourage, you know, use the oils, mm -hmm. coconut oil is great. Um, the shea butters and, you know, there's so many recipes now on Pinterest of how you can get things and make it yourself mm -hmm. and then you know what's in it. So mm -hmm. great reminder of what goes on. Our skin goes into our body. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a book that you recommended, Dr. Alyssa? Is it like a rubber ducky? Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, like I'm looking for my book on the shelf of books. It'll take me 45 <laughs> minutes to find it. Um, it is Death by Rubber Duck is I believe what the mm. title is. And it was two researchers who went and they put a bunch of plug-in, the uh, fragrance plug-ins in their house. And they took their blood before and they took their blood after. And they did that with plugins. They did it with um, Teflon pans. And each chapter is a different chemical that you would run into in your household. And they did the research of tested their blood before and after. So it is a really interesting read. Right. Yeah. Of just what do these chemicals do? And I always encourage people to shift one thing at a time. Like if people mm -hmm. read that book, I'm like, read one chapter and put it away, make your changes, come back a few months later, read another chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that's where, when I first started going into this, I got myself into a little bit of a fear place and was like throwing away everything in my house. <laughs> you can, you can get overwhelmed. You can get very anxious. <laughs> you have to realize that we're, we just got to bring it down a level and, and do what we can do. You know, what can we change? Yeah. Yeah. And then when you throw everything away, you're like, oh shoot, now I have to buy everything. And it turns into the Right. I needed spiral. that. 
Um, but yeah, that's a really fun book of the beginnings of research. And now, man, that's probably 15, 20 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they've done an updated version, but oh, that's it's a great. Cool. One. What was it called again? Death what by Rubber again? Duck. That's right. That's great. Which I also appreciate I the title. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we have, you know, we want to look at underlying conditions before conception. And mm -hmm. I know we touched on a few of those. Are there any more that are kind of heavy hitters for you of definitely want to dig in before conception? No, we talked constipation. Well, um, yeah, constipation, chronic fatigue, insomnia. You know, what can we change now? Um, not handling stress levels. As you know, when you're stressed and you're pregnant, it's so nice if you can establish a routine before that to limit your stress levels as much as possible yeah. right now. And just, I think, getting into healthy routines is the big one and making little baby steps, you know, just little baby steps in health that are cumulative to help you feel more optimal and have a better quality of life. Um, but that's kind of what I would do. It's, it's definitely, I look at it from a custom viewpoint. So it's, I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty trying to think of what else, but when someone comes in, I guess it's, if you don't feel right and you know, you don't feel right, really go ahead and take the time to explore that before getting pregnant. I think that is the if perfect advice because that is what the digging deeper with functional medicine is, is it's like something doesn't seem right, even though this paper of numbers says I'm okay. So I think that's yeah. a great way to get the mind connected of like, oh, I need I a think, little extra support. Yeah. And I think one of those examples that people kind of blow off is reflux. And their babies can get reflux too, but you think of kind of the conventional treatment for reflux might be take these foods out of your diet, like don't eat tomatoes, don't eat spicy food, elevate your head, and then take an acid blocking medication. And I think that we need to look at reflux as a much deeper issue. Like what are some of the things, if someone comes in for reflux, what are we looking at? We, we want to make sure they don't have celiacs. We want to make sure they don't have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Do they have slow motility in their gut, including constipation? Do they have irritation in their gut lining that we want to take care of? And maybe reflux is their only sign right now that they're not absorbing well and there's irritation going on. So I'm going to take that as a, people might consider that um, pretty innocuous or kind of a harmless symptom, but I look at that as the tip of the iceberg and we might want to do some more exploration of that. So I guess that's where I'm at. If that doesn't feel right, you know, reflux is going to get worse from pregnancy. So if you're having it now ahead of time, let's sit down and figure out what might be causing that before you get pregnant and see if we can't get you feeling better. Um, and then one of the last questions we have for you, um, what is your seed of health that you want to plant with our listeners? I feel like you can have dramatic benefits on your quality of life by just making behavior change and small behavior changes. So that would be my seat of health is really, as I was talking about, look at your schedule, keep tracking, write down what you're doing every day, just for a week or two and see what you're doing. Pay attention to, are you eating whole grains? Are you eating enough leafy greens? Are you exercising? How much sleep are you getting? 
how much alcohol are you drinking? And just pay attention to that because I feel like small things like that, like flossing your teeth, you know, taking really good care of your dental health can save so much money on healthcare and over the span of decades can improve your quality of life so much. So those are my, I guess my seeds of health is really looking at behavior change. Yeah, no, I I love that. And you can start small and these little things Mm -hmm. that you do now, as you said, can pay off so much in the future. And it's easier. We see in our office, it's, it's much easier to help our patients when their symptoms are little before they turn into these big, big chronic issues. I'm sure. Yes. You see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good point. Tip of the iceberg. Small yes. symptom. <laughs> Take care of it. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up today? Um, I can't think of anything else, but I do think nutrition is one of the things we have the most control over when we're pregnant. And it can make such a big difference on the health outcomes of not just your fetus right when they're born, but their whole health through their adult life. So I guess that's uh, don't underestimate the power of nutrition what I would say can help so much. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. And to our listeners, all of Dr. Margo's information is going to be in our show notes. So make sure you check it out and feel free to reach out with any questions. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nice to see you both. too. Thank you so much for joining us on the trimester bubble. We appreciate your support. If you know another mama or mama to be who could use the information in this episode, please share the link with them and spread the word. And thank you so much to Dr. Margot. She was a wealth of information and we hope that you enjoyed it. Remember, we always love hearing from you. So send us a message and let us know any thoughts or questions that you had on the episode. Until next time, bye.